up, everybody? Welcome to the 4040 Vision Podcast, the ultimate sports history pod where hindsight is 4040. I'm your host, Khaled Abdallah, and I'm joined today by my fellow co host, Solman Huck. What's up, man? How are you? Hey, how's it going, man? It's going good, man. We're, do- we're right in the middle of the NFL offseason, right before the NFL draft. And on today's topic, we're recording this podcast on Friday, March 10th. Today's topic is the biggest NFL offseason what ifs from the past five years. So we'll go back to the 2018 offseason. We'll be discussing some of what we believe were the biggest moves during this time, and a lot of which were in the last year or so, uh, ironically enough. But we'll be discussing some of the biggest what ifs, the impact of these moves, and what might have happened had they picked some of these players picked another team or had they been traded to another team. So we'll start off with one of the biggest moves of the last five years and it because it involves the greatest player of all time and the greatest quarterback of all time, and that was Tom Brady. So in the 2020 offseason, Tom Brady's career with the New England Patriots ends in you know, shame, basically, uh, as he throws a pick six to end his career with the New England Patriots. And there is a long offseason sweepstakes for Tom Brady's services. He ultimately ends up signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but there were a number of other teams that were vying for his services. So do you remember who the other teams were that were trying to get Tom Brady? Yeah, definitely the Niners were in that mix. Um, they're always, for some reason, always linked to Brady uh, just because he's the hometown hero over here. And then I think Raiders are in the mix, maybe the Bears, maybe the Titans. Like, there were just a bunch of teams, but definitely those were probably the ones that uh, st- stood out there. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Niners, it's always going to, he's always going to be tied to them. Well, not anymore, but uh, just because he's the hometown kid, grew up a Niners fan, grew up a Joe Montana fan, used to go to games at Candlestick as a kid. And then the other two teams that we know for sure were the the Raiders and the Titans. And, of course, both teams, for whatever reason, chose not to pursue his services. I think uh, John Gruden thought that Brady was too old. And I don't know what Mike Vrabel's beef was because they played together. So I would have thought that Vrabel, of all people, would want to bring him in. And I think the obvious what-if here is, so Tom Brady ends up going to Tampa where they already have an elite defense. He brings along Rob Gronkowski. There's a couple other free agents that that join and sign for cheap, guys like uh, Lenny, uh, Leonard Fournette, who was excellent in that, uh, that playoff run. So if he signs for San Francisco, Tennessee, or the Raiders, is he winning a Super Bowl with those teams? I think... You know, maybe with the Niners, they were coming off the just losing that Super Bowl to the Chiefs. But, you know, as we saw, they had a bunch of injuries in 2020, so their their season got derailed there. Um, I think he had a better chance with probably the Titans because, you know, they had that offense and they had the, a pretty solid defense. And, you know, they were, they were making some moves in 2020. So I, I thought, you know, if he was going to go anywhere, it would have been the Titans in terms of, you know, where he could have maybe contended a little bit more for a Super Bowl. Raiders, maybe, but, you know, they were just starting to kind of rebuild up with Gruden. Um, You know, he had traded away all those guys. So I think Raiders would have been a little tougher. I think Niners would have been a little tougher for him given the injuries they had. And, you know, Brady didn't have too long of a window here, and he, he, you know, goes back to – he just retires a few years later. Um, So I think Titans might have made the most sense in terms of if he 
if he was to reach a Super Bowl in 2020, it might have been with the Titans, if not Tampa Bay, right? Which we, which he did. Mm-hmm. Going into this, I I thought it would have been the Niners, but I'd honestly forgotten about the injuries that they had, uh, especially on defense. I think was it Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead missed. Yeah, Bosa the Bosa like season. tore his ACL week two. Um, Armstead missed most of that season. I mean, all their cornerbacks were hurt. Like they were playing, they were pl- they're playing some guy off the practice squad at some point in the season. Like it was, it was bad. It was a bad defensive season for them. So, mm-hmm. um, so was maybe, hurt. a lot of guys were hurt. So maybe they don't win the Super Bowl in 2021, but they win the Super Bowl in 22. How about that? Maybe, yeah, maybe <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. I, but I just don't know if Bra- Brady's level of play in 2022 would have, you know taking them there that's that's the thing like we saw we saw a pretty sharp decline from brady in 2022 so i mean if you're saying in you know in that 2020 season who who goes to the super bowl i think he has a better chance there with the titans um but again it's possible brady doesn't win a super bowl if he never signs with tampa right Mm -hmm. but i I think if he does sign with the niners so he has that three-year window i do think one of those seasons (laughs) you guys are definitely winning the super bowl uh, those of you guys that don't know, Salman is a huge Niners fan. So that first <laughs> season, I mean, they have all those injuries. They don't uh, they do not do much. The next season, they lose, was it the NFC Championship game to, uh, yep. to the Rams? To the Rams, yep. Uh, and then last season, of course, another NFC Championship loss, Championship. this time to the Eagles. So I think if you essentially swap Jimmy G two years ago and Brock Purdy this year for Tom Brady, I think – one of those seasons you're winning the Super Bowl. I would yeah, I would definitely say it's more likely in that he maybe he beats, you know, the Rams in the NFC championship game, we're going to that Super Bowl, we we win that one. I I I would say it's less likely in this in this past season where we lost to the Eagles, but you know, he he could probably still have taken us to the Super Bowl because he probably doesn't get hurt like Purdy does. Um and he and he but his play this year was just awful for the most part and he looked pretty pedestrian, so Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say yeah, definitely yeah. I think he's yeah. Maybe he get he brings the Niners a Super Bowl in in that twenty twenty two Super Bowl, and you know we're we're and Brady's just you know you know his legacy is just gone from it's already super high to like way up here because he's now brought a home uh, a title to his hometown team. Yeah, exactly. And I I think the the Raiders conversation they probably are a better team with him, um, but I don't think they ever had the defense over those years uh, to be a true Super Bowl team, even though I'm sure he would have convinced some of his uh, his buddies and there would be some ring chasers that came to Las Vegas. But I don't think he uh, he can't play defense, so <laughs> I don't think he would have elevated them. Tennessee's the interesting case. But I think what's, what's really interesting about this what-if is that one season they did end up winning the Super Bowl, there was two quarterbacks whose legacies he directly impacted, and that was... Uh, Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers so he of course goes into New Orleans they beat Drew Brees and the Saints and then he goes into Green Bay the next week in the NFC Championship and beats Aaron Rodgers there and then the Super Bowl was kind of a laugher right because at this point the Chiefs didn't have an offensive line they were playing you know third fourth string guys so I think it's fair to say that either of those other NFC teams the uh, Saints or the Packers would have beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl because of that that uh, huge deficiency on the offensive line. So that, that's the real interesting what if to me is Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers would have got their second Super Bowl. So what do you think about that? Yeah, no, I definitely agree because I I think the Packers were rolling in 2020 and the Saints were too, and that's kind of 
Drew Brees is having a last hurrah there. So I think, I think, yeah, you definitely could have seen one of those two teams win the Super Bowl if Brady wasn't there out, out in Tampa Bay. Cool, cool, cool. All right, so next up, uh, you have your own what if. So why don't you go ahead and talk us through this one? Yeah, so let's look at in, back in the 2018 uh, offseason where Kirk Cousins signs with the Minnesota Vikings. I think this is a sneaky kind of what if because um, there are you know a lot of teams that could have used Cousins services at, at just looking back, right? Um, maybe at that time it's not so obvious, but there were a lot of teams that probably could should have signed Kirk Cousins instead of going with their current quarterback. And kind of one of the more interesting ones to me was, what if Kirk Cousins actually signs with the Arizona Cardinals? And that has a lot of ripple effects. Um, as you know, the Cardinals draft Josh Rosen and they sign Sam Bradford that offseason. They go 3-13. and 13, They get the number one pick, uh, which they used to select Kyler Murray. So if Kirk Cousins signs there, you know, we're living in a world where Kyler Murray is not a Cardinal. And I don't know if you have any thoughts on that where he would have ended up but I think maybe the Giants is a team that could have taken him. But I don't know. You tell me. Is there other teams you would have thought Kyler Murray might have ended up on with this what-if happening? Mm -hmm. I think <clears throat> could he have ended up on the Niners? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Possible. But I think they were so locked into Bosa that they would have, They didn't even like think about it. So in a world where the Niners have the number one pick, do you, you think they still take Nick Bosa? Absolutely, yeah. I think they still because they're they're like Jimmy's our guy. We're riding with Jimmy. They they had just you know traded for him a season ago. So I think they're still right rolling with Jimmy here in 2019. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, <clears throat> I think Shanahan, one of his uh, faults or flaws perhaps is that he kind of gets he he's married to a quarterback in a sense, right? And he picked Jimmy G, and he was kind of a ride or die with Jimmy G. Um, I mean, it's possible maybe the New York Jets at number three. Yeah. They, they yeah. picked Kyler Murray. Um, I know they had picked uh, a Sam Darnold the year before, so maybe not. Uh, and then, of course, the Raiders at number four is, is the mm. big one where there was a lot of talk that offseason about the Raiders trading up to number one. And, um, you know, John Gruden worked out Kyler Murray a few times. I think that would have been exciting. I don't know how well that would have worked out because – I'm not a huge fan of Kyler Murray as a player uh, or as a, a, a per not a person in terms of like his character and stuff. <laughs> it just seems like he's not that hard of a worker. There's guys that are talking about his maturity. I think just this week there was a former offensive lineman from the Cardinals who's a free agent now who said that, you know, he thinks that Murray needs to grow up a little bit. So uh, mm -hmm. I think if he's in Vegas, I don't think it goes much better than it does in Arizona, but at least he made the playoffs. Uh, once during his career so but on the on the Kirk Cousins side I mean what's the impact of Kirk Cousins in the NFC West uh, how does that change things if at all yeah I I mean I think Kirk Cousins signing there with the Cardinals you know he has Larry Fitzgerald there they definitely go they do better than three and 13 and I think you know maybe maybe they have a, a chance to kind of you know make the playoffs with Cousins and they, they really had a good year with after you know Kyler Murray's on board so I think Cousins could give them a lot of stability at the quarterback position and they they kind of be in that mix for you know NFC West contention uh, between the Niners and Rams and Cardinals so I think he just brings a lot of stability there on going to the Cardinals and the other reason I would say Kyler Murray never ends up on the Niners is because you know as you know Shannon was a Kirk Cousins guy and so if he wasn't signing Kirk Cousins in this offseason he's sure as hell not taking Kyler Murray over Jimmy G either so that was the other thing like I would have you know, cut, like Shanahan talks about, his plan was to sign Kirk Cousins in the offseason, and then Lynch convinced him to 
uh, go ahead and you know trade for Jimmy G, and that's why they didn't even tra- draft a quarterback, right? So like mm-hmm. they could have had Watson, these other guys, and so Mahomes. it's crazy that <laughs> Mahomes, right? Yeah, like it's just insane that they didn't do it. But I think Kirk Cousins on the Cardinals gives them a lot of stability. Um, you know, helps them. You know, stay. You know, in that playoff hunt, in the wild card hunt, in the NFC West race. I don't think he makes them a Super Bowl contender, but he definitely makes them a playoff team. So what happens with Minnesota if they don't sign Kirk Cousins? Yeah, yeah. The other thing, so I would say that's that's the more interesting part of this. What if is you know limited options there in the 2018 free agency class. The Vikings, they could have go out, gone into that draft and taken uh, Lamar Jackson, right? Who went with pick 32, and the Vikings were picking at 30. So that's, I think that could you could have seen a scenario where the Vikings draft Lamar Jackson, and Lamar Jackson's a Minnesota Viking, which would be pretty scary. And the Vikings were doing pretty well with Cousins. Imagine them with Lamar Jackson. I think that would be amazing. I mean, you, you, t- you talk about a guy with his skill set and his speed, and then you put him, you know, essentially on a track because he'll be playing indoors for the most part in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. He's not playing in the cold uh, nearly as much. I mean, he still has to go to Chicago and um, Green Bay, but he's shown that he can handle that without any issues. So uh, I def- obviously he's a better quarterback than, Lamar, uh, than Kirk Cousins, so I think he maybe makes Minnesota a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Uh, they yeah, have, I agree. They've had an up-and-down defense. They had a pretty good defense with – actually, a really good defense with Mike Zimmer. They didn't have a good defense this year. Uh, but he's ha- he would have had a true number one receiver, you know, in this world if they had Stephon Diggs early on, or if they have, you know, if we continue on in that, that this situation, and they end up with Justin Jefferson. These are two guys that are like head and shoulders above anybody that Lamar has ever played with in Baltimore. Yep. So I think that that's a really cool what if. I mean, he looks good in purple. It'd just be a, maybe a little <laughs> lighter shade of purple. I mean, well, that even would be Adam Thielen is a better wide receiver than anyone Lamar Jackson's ever had. So he'd have two legit wide receivers that, <laughs> that better than he's anyone he's ever had on the Ravens. So. Uh, yeah, honestly, I, I didn't even think of Adam Thielen, but for sure. Uh, he's better than Hollywood Brown. He's better than who else did he throw, to the ball, throw the ball to this year? Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can't <laughs> even name the receivers that Lamar Jackson's played with. It's that bad. It's a long list of guys that, I mean, to their credit, they've tried. They've used first-round picks or early picks on guys, and it hasn't worked out. But, yep. yeah, I think the ultimate what-if, and basically the, I think the clear path here essentially is the Cardinals become more stable. They have a better quarterback than, obviously, Josh Rosen. They don't end up with Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray ends up maybe either Las Vegas. Definitely not the Jets. I don't think they would have gave up on Donald that easy. Maybe the New York yeah. Giants. Yeah, there you go. Um, and then, of course, perhaps Lamar Jackson ends up wearing another shade of purple and he balls out in Minnesota and, and all that. So that's a cool one. I like that one a yep. lot. Um, so we'll go on to the uh, to this next one, and that is a fairly controversial one, of course, involving a very controversial player who I personally don't think should be in the NFL anymore. But anyway, that is uh, Deshaun Watson. So last offseason after serving – not even really a suspension. He was just kind of away from the team because he was still getting paid. But it was a uh, sabbatical, we'll call that, because he was still getting his salary. But uh, Deshaun Watson, he there's a lengthy courting process, just like with, with Tom Brady, except there's some draft capital that has to be traded. And he eventually picks, because he does have the no-trade clause, so he can choose where he wants to go. He ends up getting traded to the Cleveland Browns. And if you believe... What Deshaun Watson says, which I don't, he said he wanted to go to the Browns because of 
for football reasons, essentially, <laughs> and not because okay. of the, you know, two hundred thirty million dollars guaranteed yeah. that they. I gave mean, the him, only so. only team dumb enough to guarantee him is is basically his entire contract, right? Exactly, exactly. So the the Browns end up trading six draft picks, including three first rounders, for Deshaun Watson, and then of course give him the five year deal worth a fully guaranteed $230 million. And I think maybe the, the big what if here is what if he ends up going to the Falcons instead of the yeah. Browns? And what if, uh, and I think the bigger impact is not even on the team itself or either of these teams, but on the NFL as a whole because they gave him that fully guaranteed contract, which as we're seeing it play out this uh, offseason with Lamar Jackson has become a huge, huge point of controversy uh, in terms of what Lamar wants and what he thinks he deserves and all that. So in in this alternate universe where he gets traded to the Falcons and doesn't get a fully guaranteed contract, what does the NFL look like? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, again, he missed uh, he missed what? He got to spend 11 games for this season. Um, yep. So it doesn't really move the needle much for the Falcons, and they're probably a team that you know would have been okay with that. And then they come back stronger as a contender in 2023. Uh, in terms of the guarantees, it probably Lamar Jackson's probably signed by the Ravens already to a long-term deal, right? Um, instead of hitting this, you know, uh, franchise tag, non-exclusive franchise tag, where he can kind of negotiate with other teams, and we're not we're not seeing him kind of be on this open market and have a chance to negotiate. Uh, but yeah, I mean, to to your point though, I think the Falcons still give up almost as much draft capital. Maybe don't give him that fully guaranteed. So if they they give up maybe like three first rounders for him. Um, I just don't see why teams wouldn't be lining up to do the same for Lamar Jackson with maybe less guarantees. Uh, but, you know, I, th I think, you know, the impact here is definitely the Ravens would have signed Lamar Jackson already to a contract and Lamar's not waiting for, you know, 200 million guaranteed right now. Yeah, and I think Lamar could end up, I mean, the, the Jets are one of the favorites. There's a number of other teams that reportedly are, are vying for his services. There's all kinds of crazy things happening, and, I, and it's all basically a, a consequence of this insane contract that Deshaun Watson got. I think for the Falcons specifically, I don't think anything really changes in their season uh, because they what started Marcus Mariota for most of the early season. They were okay and then started Desmond Ritter and tanked essentially the, the last few games of the season. And I, the funny thing, the funniest thing to me about all this is just how awful Deshaun Watson looked last season. Oh, I, he looked so bad. Yeah, I, I, I kind of gave him a pass during the preseason. I was like, all right, maybe he's just shaking off the rust and all that. But I, I think the last few the last few weeks of the season, I, I'm sure he won a couple games, but he just looked awful. And, I mean, do you think that they already regret giving him this contract or are they just going to say, all right, last year's a wash and we'll see how it goes uh, in 2023? What do you think? Yeah, I think I don't think they regret it just yet, but let's let's say 2023 kind of plays out to how he was playing in the last five games of 2022, and the Browns are gonna be like, "Damn, what did we do?" I I mean they they basically mortgaged their entire future here. Think I don't know why the Browns weren't a Super Bowl contender uh, before Deshaun Watson. They're not a Super Bowl contender with Deshaun Watson, so it just didn't make sense why they kind of went all in here on him and gave him this massive contract. But I think definitely. We're going to be talking about this in 2024 and the Browns kind of regretting this decision to pay him that much guaranteed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think in a vacuum, like the move makes sense, right? If you, for you know, remove the controversy, whatever, 
the fact that you know you're able to go out and trade for a guy that the year before or a couple years before you could make a case was a top five quarterback in the NFL, right? Those guys don't become available, in, especially in a trade, maybe in free agency late in their careers. You know, we saw obviously Tom Brady move. Aaron Rodgers is, is getting ready to get traded. So it happens kind of once in a blue moon. So in a vacuum, the move makes sense. But of course, you take into account all the controversy, everything that came along with it. And then the fact that he just looked awful last year. And I think you're right. It's it, There's a very, very real possibility that the Browns are regretting their decision. And, you know, it, it's fine with me. Uh, you know, I, I, I wish they'd never have any success <laughs> anymore uh, <laughs> while this guy's on the team and while they're still owned by this ownership group that completely overlook the, you know, insane things that he did off the field and not just rewarded him for it, but gave him a historically unprecedented contract. And I think they, they, yeah. they, they sold their souls essentially for that. So, yep. yep. All right. So we got a, another what if involving another quarterback. Why don't you talk us through this one? Yeah. So let's take a look at this one that happened in 2020 where Matt Stafford gets traded to the Rams. Um, I know there are a couple of teams in the mix here for Matt Stafford. You know, obviously the Rams are one, the Niners are another. I think maybe the Colts are in there. I don't know if there's other teams that you remember off the top of your head who were in the mix there for uh, Stafford? I sure do. And I, I uh, in my notes here, I've got their uh, offers as well. So <laughs> um, the Carolina Panthers offered the number eight pick and another pick. The Washington, I think they were still the Washington football team at this point, offered mm-hmm. the number 19 pick and a third rounder. Indianapolis never offered their first round pick, which is kind of funny considering they, I think they signed um, – was it Phil Rivers in this uh, offseason? And yes. then yes. went to uh, Carson Wentz. So maybe if they got Matt Stafford, maybe they're uh, a Super Bowl contender. The Niners talked about it, didn't make an official offer. Denver had a really soft offer. The Patriots also had a really soft offer. And then the Bears and the Jets checked in with uh, the, the Lions. But I think for the Bears, it was pretty obvious like they're not going to trade the guy within the division. And the Jets for whatever reason, didn't make an offer. Maybe they were low on Stafford, uh, which is funny considering that they're probably willing to pay quite a bit for Aaron Rodgers a couple years later. So exactly. those were the teams. But obviously he ends up on the Rams, so so go on. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, <clears throat> I think obviously, you know, if he lands anywhere else, I mean, outside of maybe if he ends up on the Niners, maybe, right, maybe he wins the Super Bowl there. But I think these other teams, you know, let's say Carolina or Washington, um, I don't think he really makes them Super Bowl contenders as there are just too many pieces there. So I think, and then look at what happens to the Rams. Like Rams, are they going? They're going in again with Goff. I mean, Goff had a pretty decent season for the Lions that year, but again, they're just kind of you know maybe a playoff contender, but not really a Super Bowl contender. So I think the Rams for the Rams it was a great move, um, but they kind of mortgaged the future a little bit for Stafford, right? And we saw that in twenty twenty two where, you know, they don't even make the playoffs. They're a pretty bad team. Um, so I think, you know, if Stafford ends up, I would say the team I would think that makes the most sense for him if he if he was trying to get a Super Bowl there uh, might have been either the Niners or the Colts. Though I don't know how the Niners would have made it work with Stafford. Obviously, they'd have to move on from Jimmy. I think, and then maybe they don't make go up and trade for Trey Lance. That's, that's another part of this, right? They trade all those first round picks for Trey Lance, and then and then it hasn't really panned out yet. So maybe they trade, you know, two of those first round picks, get Matt Stafford, win a Super Bowl, and you know, call it a day here, like the Rams did. 
I think the the Niners is the clear one in the, in this for the same reasons that Tom Brady uh, wins the Super Bowl in Tampa and probably wins at least one Super Bowl uh, with the Niners. Probably the year that they uh, the Rams won. So you swap these guys. You put um, the uh, you put Stafford on the Niners. They're probably not playing the Rams in the NFC Championship. They're probably playing Tampa Bay because the Rams beat Tampa Bay. So that would have been a fun one. Um, and then you end up with a situation where, like you said, you're not trading for Trey Lance. You're getting to keep some of those picks that they had to give up in order to get Trey Lance. And then the rest of the offseason and the, the, the subsequent seasons look a lot different. But I think they probably would have to pay a similar price to uh, what the, the Lions gave up for, or sorry, what the Rams gave up um, where they you know sent basically a first-round pick. And then I think they sent another first-round pick to as kind of a it was like almost like an NFL move sorry NBA move where they sent Jared Goff like here's this awful contract we'll pay you here's a first round pick to absorb this contract Jared Goff ended up pretty good for them and he might I don't know if he's gonna be the quarterback of the future for the Lions but he's, he's it's worked out so there's the ripple effects of this move right and I, the other two guys other two teams Carolina Washington that you mentioned I, yeah like you said I don't think that that does anything to them Indianapolis is the the interesting, curious one here. You know, they've gone through this cycle of, of veteran quarterbacks, but the year they signed Phillip Rivers, they had a top five defense in the NFL. So it does replacing Rivers with Stafford, does that really make them a Super Bowl contender? I think so. I think I think that definitely would have because you look you looked at how Stafford played that season and, you know, he was lights out. He was lights out. He was, pl- he was playing pretty well, you know. But again, on the Rams, he had a lot of weapons. On the Colts, maybe he doesn't have as many weapons, so maybe it's not as good for him. And but I, I definitely think at least having a quarterback like Stafford on the roster, at least gets the Colts to an AFC Championship game that year. I think that's fair. They they end up uh, losing in the first round to Buffalo at Buffalo. They probably win the division uh, if they have uh, uh, Stafford instead of Rivers. So. And then for the Rams, you kind of mentioned it in passing that they likely end up with Jared Goff. Are, were there any other options that that offseason that you recall? I, I don't, I don't, I don't. Um, I can't, I can't, I don't recall anything off the top of my head. Was there, was there one on your mind that you you thought might make sense if they didn't go Stafford? That was actually a, it was a pretty weak offseason when it came to quarterbacks. So I don't think if they don't go out and get Stafford, they. The cupboard was pretty bare. There wasn't many options. The guys that moved that summer were like, uh, you know, Jacoby Brissett signed with Miami. I think Geno uh, stayed with Seattle. Uh, so none of those guys really moved the needle. And it was, I don't think there was anybody really in the draft that they could have targeted with their pick, especially they were picking a little later in the draft. So I, I don't see it changing anything in terms of that. I don't think they're able to get really a quarterback that that does what what Jared Goff or Matt Stafford could do uh, at that point because I think you'd still rather despite his deficiencies you'd still rather have Jared Goff exactly over some of those other names that we mentioned so yep. basically they they took the only option they had yeah and that and was it worked get, out for them get Matt Stafford and it worked yeah. out for them yeah all right so our our next big what if was also the last offseason and that was uh, when Russell Wilson was traded from Seattle to the Denver Broncos. So on, on March 16th, 2022, the Seahawks traded Russell Wilson and a fourth-round pick. It's important to mention that fourth-rounder. Uh, to the Denver Broncos in exchange for 
two first round picks, two second round picks, a fifth round pick, Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, and Noah Fant. So basically they gave up, you know, what was this, uh, five picks, including a two firsts and two seconds, a terrible quarterback, an above average defensive lineman, and an above average tight end for Russell Wilson, I think it's fair to say. And that move has obviously not worked out so far for the Denver Broncos. They turned around and gave him a gigantic $200 plus million contract. Uh, Russell Wilson was one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL last year, despite having a decent amount of weapons with, you know, Albert O and uh, Jerry Judy and a couple other guys. And the Broncos, I guess it may have worked out for them because they ended up getting Sean Payton this year or this offseason. So we'll see what happens moving forward. But I think the, the big what if is I don't know how many teams were in the mix for Russell Wilson. I think I heard the Raiders were, but that was unfounded. But I think the big what if is what if they were able to land Aaron Rodgers, which was plan A for them from the start. So we'll, we'll let's, we can unpack this slowly. But Russell Wilson and that trade, obviously, you know, what do you think is the immediate impact of that deal? Yeah, I mean, the Broncos definitely gave up a lot for Russell Wilson in, the, in that offseason. And, you know, I think they were thinking, oh, we have a defense, we, you know, pretty top 10 worthy defense. So kind of the only piece we're really missing is a quarterback, right? They had weapons, they had, you know, Cam Sutton, Jerry Judy, you know, Albert O, like you said, you know, they got the running game. Um, <clears throat> so I thought they, they thought they were a quarterback away from, you know, winning a Super Bowl here. And they thought Russell Wilson was the answer, but clearly he was not. He was not. I don't know how much of that is Russell Wilson's on the decline versus how bad of a coach Nathaniel Hackett was. Um, you know, I, I thought when they made the Wilson trade initially in the offseason, I was like, oh, man, Denver kind of jumped their way into, you know, Super Bowl contention here, too, because, you know, we thought we were getting, you know, 2013 Russell Wilson, who was, you know, just balling out, and we did not get that. And, and you know, we thought, you know, tw the year before was just, you know, an anomaly for Russell Wilson. Um, but it turns out, you know, Wilson is on a steep decline. And like you said, right, maybe if the Broncos just wait another year, maybe they're getting Aaron Rodgers. And how is that looking for them with Sean Payton and Aaron Rodgers? I mean, that's that could be a completely different world we're living in right now with uh, Rodgers, Rodgers in the mix for the mm -hmm. Broncos. But, yeah, I, it was just it's just hard to predict, like, how bad – Russell Wilson was going to be, and I guess nobody saw this coming, right? I mean, maybe Seattle saw it coming. That's why they went with Geno Smith. Yeah, I was going to say maybe it was Seattle because they they saw the writing on the wall and they they decided you know let's cut bait on this guy. And uh, there was a lot of stuff that came out after the season about some like super diva tendencies where he like had his own uh, office, his on own the office, floor. his own trainer. <laughs> yeah, like stuff where Denver really like rolled out the red carpet for this guy. Uh, and it created this situation where if you're playing well, sure, that's great. If you're Tom Brady, you can do whatever you want. You can have your own trainer. You can have whatever pull that you want. But uh, Russell Wilson did, definitely did not play like Tom Brady, and he's not anywhere near Tom Brady. Uh, so they created this weird culture where obviously he's underperforming off the field or on the field, and then it causes issues off the field. But you, you did talk about how the Broncos thought they were a quarterback away, and it's totally fair for them to think so because if you look at their record so since Peyton Manning they won the Super Bowl in 2015 right since then their leading quarterbacks throughout the, the years have been Trevor Simeon Case Keenum Joe Flacco Drew Locke 
Teddy Bridgewater, and then this year, Russell Wilson. And the funny thing is about this is that there was a couple seasons where you really could say they were a quarterback away, right? They went 9-7 and seven in 2016. They went 7-9 and nine in 2019 with Joe Flacco as their leading quarterback. And even in 2021, they went 7-10 and 10 with a mix of Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke at, at their quarterback. So, And they had a, a, the third best defense in the NFL. So it, logically, it makes sense. You're like, all right, Russell Wilson... He's anywhere between, I don't know, like a top, I don't know, I don't think he was ever top five. Maybe he was a top Maybe five Maybe at some point. Yeah. But he's like anywhere between like eight right. to 12, yeah. I think yeah, it's I fair agree. to say. So you're like, okay, we're seven and 10. We can go out and get Russell Wilson, who is anywhere from a, depending on the week, a top five to top 12 quarterback in the NFL. So it would logically be like, yeah, all right, we're going to be great this year. Then obviously... It exploded in their face, didn't work out for them uh, in really like hilarious fashion. And I think it was week one where they ended up losing in Seattle in you know comical fashion with Nathaniel Hackett. And you brought up that point about maybe it was Nathaniel Hackett's fault and he was such an awful coach, but there was definitely a lot of blame to Absolutely. go around yeah. with Russell Wilson. He just he didn't look the part. He was you know slower than he's ever looked, and there was all the memes the year before about let Russ cook, and then. They let Russ cook, and in 15 games, he threw. He was at 60% completion percentage, which is uh, the low for his career. He had 16 touchdowns, also the low for his career by, by quite a bit, and 11 interceptions. So the guy was awful. Mm -hmm. Yep. And there's no – it looked like he's done. Like you said, he's on a steep decline. We'll see what happens with Sean Payton. He's you know, famous for, for making – for rebuilding Drew Brees' career and – you know, there's the obvious similarities with with Breeze and Wilson in terms of their their height and stature and all that, but all that maybe that's just all surface stuff. So, I think that the other what if that that I want to talk about is, you know, if they were able to get Aaron Rodgers last year, what is the the impact on the rest of the NFL? I mean, are they competing for the AFC West? Do they have a good enough team to compete for uh, for that division crown and be a, a legitimate contender? Yeah, I think, you know, even if you put Rodgers in this situation, I don't think the Broncos are, are contending here uh, for the AFC West crown. I think they're maybe just barely sneaking into the wild card here with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you saw Aaron Rodgers this year with the Packers, lose, loses Devontae Adams. Uh, doesn't look as good. He, doesn't, he did not look as good as he has in past years. So I think, you know, we kind of – Aaron Rodgers isn't good enough – this year, at least, to carry the Broncos, and the Broncos had injuries on defense and all that stuff, but um, I don't think Aaron Rodgers even comes in here and makes him a Super Bowl contender. I mean, in the offseason, we probably think that, but the way the season went for the Broncos, I think they're maybe getting into the wild card with Aaron Rodgers at the helm. Yeah, I, I would push back a little bit on that because there was a stretch in the, in the season. I think they ended up being like middle of the pack in terms of total points uh, allowed, but I think a big part of that was they gave up like 50 points to the Rams uh, at the end of the season where it was already clear that they had given up. And then the last few weeks of the season, they gave up like 30 points. But there was a stretch. I think there was a, a tweet that was going around where it was like, if the if Russell Wilson and the Denver offense scored only like 20 points a game or something something even less than that, maybe it was like 18 points a game. Because last year, look, they, they lost a couple games where they gave up 
12 points to the Colts, 19 points to the Chargers, 16 points to the Jets, 17 to the Titans. They lost 10-9 to the Baltimore Ravens. And yeah, so in those those games, they gave up a, less than 20 points, sometimes a lot less than 20 points. So even if you have like a slightly above average offense or even an average offense, I think they go from 5-12 and 12 to like 10-7. and seven. Yeah, yeah, I that's, think that's fair. I pretty fair to that's say. Fair. And I think... So maybe they're not a Super Bowl contender with Aaron Rodgers, who also looks like he's on a bit of a decline. But I do think that he he makes an impact where they're probably a playoff right. team. That's, at the that's, very that's least. what I was saying. Right? They get it. They kind of sneak in there to the wild card at ten and seven. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think we've seen like the full impact of this trade because if he is indeed you know completely washed up and Russell Wilson, I mean, then just like Deshaun Watson and the Browns mortgage their future, the the Broncos did the same thing. And they handcuffed themselves to this guy who yep. could yep. be done. But they did get a first round pick back in this off season, uh, or sorry, during the season when they traded Bradley Chubb, right? So they did, they did. It's a you know late, late first yep. round pick. So good for them. Um, alrighty, so we have our our last move, and this is a kind of a three parter. So I'll let you talk us through this one. Yeah. So <clears throat> the 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 next one on here is actually looking at the three wide receivers that got traded in twenty twenty two, right? We had Devontae Adams going to the Raiders. We had Tyreek Hill going to the Dolphins. And then we had A.J. Brown going to the Eagles. And, you know, these three trades happened pretty close to each other. Um, and you're just like, wow, that's just crazy. All, all three, you know, big-time wide receivers get moved here. Uh, you know, Adams, he gets moved to the Raiders for the, a 2022 first-rounder and a second-round pick. And then Tyreek Hill, he goes to the Dolphins for a 2022 first-round pick, a 2022 second-round pick, two fourth-round picks, and a 2023 sixth-rounder. And then Hill signs a big extension with the Dolphins. He gets $72 million guaranteed. You know, it's a four-year, $120 million contract. And then A.J. Brown, he gets traded to the, to the Eagles for the 18th overall pick in the 2022 draft, which the Titans use to draft his basically same kind of wide receiver, same build. Traylon Burks, um, and then te- I think Tennessee also gets a third-round pick. Uh, and so we can kind of unpack each one of these separately, Khalid, but may- maybe let's get l- maybe we, let's start here with Tyreek Hill and where else could Tyreek Hill have gone? Uh, I, n- I know mm-hmm. Dolphins were a big one. I think there were a couple other teams in the mix there for Tyreek Hill. But yeah, yeah, he was reportedly choosing between the Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets. And I definitely think he made the right decision despite some of the quarterback issues that um, the Dolphins had. Tua is still much better player than Zach Wilson. I think he would have struggled in that offense uh, with the combination of Mike White, Joe Flacco, and, um, and Zach Wilson. But if he does end up on the Jets, I mean, so he, he really transformed this the Dolphins' offense. He, he showed his worth. He showed that he's a game-changing, game-breaking type player. That can turn your offense from you know middle of the pack to one of the best in the NFL, and he, him and Jalen Waddle are like an incredible duo. They're terrifying to play against. So if but if he goes to the Jets, does that change anything about uh, about their season last year? I don't think so. Uh, maybe you just have a very unhappy Tyreek Hill there. Uh, that that's really it. I mean, I don't think he's he's that difference maker for the Jets because they don't have that quarterback, right? Uh, Zach Wilson. He just looked awful. Uh, I mean, people were calling him Ryan Leaf 2.0 after the season. So, 
it's it doesn't change much for the Jets, uh, and it probably makes Tyreek Hill very frustrated, and maybe he's, he's requesting a trade out of there this offseason. Um, that's that's the only thing I could think of that maybe Tyreek Hill is like, man, I'm I'm done with the Jets. Look, get me out of here already. Like after one year. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's certain guys that are quarterback proof, but there was a couple games where Teddy Bridgewater and uh, I forget the other guy's name, Spencer something, the, their third string quarterback were playing and. I mean, he's still able to make some plays here and there. He looked okay with with Teddy in there, but Teddy's a, I'd say, an above average yeah. backup. At least he's a really yep. good backup. You know, maybe a below average starter, but a great backup. And I think if he Tyreek is in New York, I don't think, like you said, he he's going to be unhappy. Zach Wilson can't get him the ball. Zach, uh, the Jets don't tr- don't draft Garrett Wilson, so you have a receiver group that's. What Tyreek, Corey Davis, and Elijah Moore, who are both you know okay players. I mean, maybe they're great players, and we just don't know because <laughs> they haven't played with a good quarterback. Uh, but yeah, I don't think it moves the needle too much for the Jets. Maybe this off season it could because if you're Aaron Rodgers, you're, or if you're Lamar Jackson, you know maybe the Jets are more inclined to go out and get somebody like Lamar or Aaron Rodgers who might still end up on the Jets. And then that that can change things because you have Aaron Rodgers with Tyreek or Lamar Jackson with Tyreek, so that's an interesting one. Um, but yeah, so we I think we covered that yeah. one right. So he ends up, he could have ended up on the Jets. That was really that was about really it. about it. Yep. I think those are the only teams that were willing to pay yep. his price. Um, so what about Devonte Adams? Were there any any other teams that were vying for his uh, his services? Yeah, I mean I think Devonte was it, that one kind of just happened and people were kind of shocked that he you know he was he was kind of out there and. I think it sounded like the Raiders were really the only team in the mix because he wanted to be in Las Vegas. He wanted to go back and play with his college buddy and you know good friend Derek Carr. And so it sounded like to me the Raiders were the only team kind of in the mix, and his only other option was staying in Green Bay. Um, the, the, that's what it came down mm-hmm. to. I don't know if there was any other teams off the top of your head that you, you thought were in the mix there for Devontae because it didn't sound like there were many. No, no. There, there really wasn't, uh, which was interesting. And I'll, I'm going to give you some insider All info. Right. On this one, uh, so <laughs> I was actually clued into the, the uh, you know I, one of the things I hate on the on the internet is fans with sources because people always claim to like oh you know my my second my my uh, uh, my gardener's second cousin is friends with or he he mows the lawn at I don't know Josh McDaniel's house so he knows who he's gonna draft or whatever but I will say that I think it was right after the season, right after they, they had lost to the Packers, maybe a couple weeks, or to the Niners. A couple weeks after that, I was talking to a buddy of mine who is a firefighter in San Jose, and his friend, or his coworker, co-firefighter, whatever word they use, is the godfather to Devontae Adams' kids. And he told me that Devontae wants to go to Vegas. He wants to be close to home. He wants to play for the Raiders. He grew up a Raiders fan. So all stuff that we knew, right? We knew he was really good friends with Derek Carr. They're still homies in the offseason, whatever. Uh, so he was pushing for it. And then at some point, it looked like the deal was was dead. And it was actually Derek Carr that pushed for the deal. He kind of re, re, re-brought it back to life. And, of course, they ended up trading for him, which I think was a, a pretty fair price, uh, especially looking at the other guys what uh, Tyreek Hill got. I think Tyreek Hill is only a couple years younger than, than Devontae, and he went for five picks, and Devontae went for you know two. And I think what was interesting about that deal was Aaron Rodgers, we thought, okay, Devontae's gone, so Aaron Rodgers is going to leave too. And we thought that was kind of 
part of it was the reason why Devontae was trying to leave was because he thought Aaron Rodgers was leaving. But maybe if Aaron Rodgers leaves this year, he just left a year early because Rodgers told him, oh, I'm either going to retire or leave next year, whatever it is. So he definitely didn't want to sign a four-year, five-year deal to stay in Green Bay and play with Jordan Love or whoever else. But just a little insider info for you on that one. Um, And I think the impact on the Raiders is not much really <laughs> i mean he was great he broke a, a ton of records he was he had the one of the best seasons uh in you know raiders history so maybe there were there well i wouldn't say nothing because they would probably be much worse without him this year and maybe they're drafting i don't know in the top three instead of the top uh top seven but i think in the grand scheme of things maybe in the next few years we get to see him ball out with whoever the Raiders have at quarterback. But yeah, yeah, what do you yeah. Think no, I agree. I agree, right? Because it just sounded like he was so focused on becoming a Raider and playing with cars. So his only other option would have been staying in Green Bay. And you know, Rodgers came back, so maybe, maybe you know, they get into the playoffs there with that. You know, keep that combo going. And the Packers are a playoff team, and once again with him and you know Rodgers. But yeah, on the Raiders, I, I agree with you. Like he, he was pretty good. Um, but, you know, obviously you saw some flaws in McDaniel's uh, offense there. But then there was times where, you know, I'm sure as a Raider fan, you were like, why can't they get Dante the ball? Like, why why, why can't we get Devontae the ball? Like, why, what's going on here, right? Why can't we do that? Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, Raiders didn't make the playoffs. They, they get rid of Carr. Like, I don't think Devon, having not having Devontae Adams changes any of that. Um, and, you know, maybe Devontae Adams now this year is, you know, trying to get traded out of Green Bay. That's that's the only other thing. It's like if not ne- if not last year, then probably this year he's asking for that trade. Yeah, maybe they get like one last ride, him and Rogers, and then they both move on this off season. Exactly. I think what I'm excited for is just you know what happens the next few years because he's still only 30 years old. So whoever the Raiders have at quarterback this year and, and beyond, it's going to make their lives obviously a, a ton easier because he's on that exactly. team. Exactly. Um, so then the the, the last move is uh, A.J. Brown, who is, you know, the youngest of the group and ended up being the cheapest of the group in terms of, of draft capital. So talk us through that move. Yeah, I mean, I think there was talks, you know, Tennessee was trying to get him to an extension, and then I, for whatever reason, Tennessee pivoted and was like, you know what, we can just draft your replacement. Uh, we're going to trade you to the Eagles. So I think, you know, Obviously, it worked out for the Eagles. They had a great season with Hurts and Brown, and you know what a what a team that was. Um, and I think AJ Brown just really helped elevate Jalen Hurts, right? I think Jalen Hurts had a great season, but then he finally got you know wide receiver one that was dependable and not injury prone as much as you know let's say Devontae Smith that was on the team. And so he get you know he has two good receiving options there. He has the tight ends. He has weapons. So. I think you don't see that this Jalen Hurts season without AJ Brown on the Eagles. Um, maybe we, we see something close, but not not as good as he was this year. And then on the flip side, I think AJ Brown's only option was he signs an extension with Tennessee, and you know he just loses a year wasting away in Tennessee with you know Ryan Tannehill getting hurt and then Malik Willis jumping in. But I don't like he, he AJ Brown still kind of has a pretty decent season even with that with those factors in Tennessee. So I think. Again, there was really no other options there on the table for trading AJ Brown. I I think the Eagles were like, okay, we'll do it. We'll pay AJ Brown the money. We'll do it. We'll mm-hmm. and we'll give you this pick. Um, and I think that was the biggest thing, right? Tennessee wanted a first round pick for him. Yeah, I think the 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 biggest price that you had to pay for AJ Brown. I think if if you told 
you know, all 31 other teams in the NFL, hey, you have to give up a first-round pick for A.J. Brown. They would have done it, but they may not have been willing to pay the price that uh, Philadelphia did with giving him the contract and all that. So that was the big deal. I think the bigger impact of this move is the negative impact that it had on Tennessee, right? So uh, Mike Vrabel, the head coach, hated the move. He wanted them to pay A.J. Brown. He knew how valuable he was to that offense. And then, uh, so obviously he wasn't in favor of that. And then this year, I think it was actually the same week that they they go to Philadelphia and they get waxed by the Eagles. A.J. Brown has three touchdowns or something. And then that same week, they fire the GM for that, that traded him away. So it was pretty clear that uh, or the ownership wasn't happy with the move or the, the consequences of the move. And, I mean, Burks looked pretty good when he was healthy. There, He had some concussion issues, so he was in and out of the lineup. You know, maybe he ends up being close to what A.J. Brown is, but it's the, the thing that a lot of NFL teams do where they have a guy, they draft him, they develop him, they know everything about him, and for whatever reason, they decide we're not going to pay you. We're going to trade you away, try to find your replacement. And I think I think the only time that I can think of that it worked out was Stephon Diggs with the Vikings because they trade him away. He does amazing in Buffalo, but then they end up getting Justin Jefferson, who is a better player. But even, you know, I, I can't think of any other option or any other time where the, that team that traded the guy away was able to recoup, you know, and, and basically find an, a, 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 a replacement level player even. So the Raiders, I mean, the, the first two examples that come to my mind were trading away Amari Cooper. They don't find a wide receiver one until they trade for Devontae Adams five years later. They trade away Khalil Mack. They're not able to find a solid pass rusher for another, you know, couple years. They get Max Crosby. But anyway, I just, I think most of the time, you know, it looks good on paper to trade away a guy like A.J. Brown and not have to pay him $100 million or whatever. But I think it, it usually sets your team back more than it uh, than it. Yeah, helps. absolutely. I agree with that. Um, I mean, I think, you know, this is this is the year, you know, also, Debo Samuels is like, I want to get paid, right? So I think they all got a kind of got paid together in this offseason. Uh, and AJ Brown was just the guy that got traded right out of the four wide receivers that offseason. But that were that was part of that draft class. And I know Debo was like, came out, he's like, I want to trade, right? And so we could we could just as easily be sitting here talking about, oh, you know, what if the Niners paid Debo, didn't pay Debo Samuels and traded him, and what would that look mm-hmm. like? But I think because AJ Brown got traded, I think that elevated the Eagles and the Eagles. I think that was the that was kind of the missing piece for the offense for the Eagles, uh, was was kind of that wide receiver one. And to your point, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe it works out for Tennessee. We don't know what Traylon Burks, but it sure hasn't really worked out for many teams, uh, with the exception of the Vikings. I mean, look at the Niners. They tra- they traded DeForest Buckner, and then they get Javon Kinlaw. That didn't work out, right? So doing that one for one swap, exactly. it doesn't it doesn't really work, right? And you shouldn't even think about it that way. You're like, okay. You should just focus on talent, get the best player with that pick, and then you know you think about replacing that guy sometime later. But if you don't want to pay a guy, you don't yeah, want to pay the guy exactly. $100 million, that's that's fine. You're up against the cab. You got decisions to make. That's fine. But then don't use that same pick you traded away, traded for that guy, and then use, use it to ra- draft as a replacement. <laughs> 95% of the time, it's probably not working out, right? Yeah, maybe that's worth a podcast episode to see if there are any – positive uh you know outcomes for the team that traded away the star but it, it's funny that all four of the, those wide receivers it, it all kind of worked out for them 
in in a good i mean the moves worked out there was a lot of skepticism i think that that uh off season about oh you know trading for a wide receiver doesn't usually work out because whatever reason but i mean tyreek hill like we said transformed the miami dolphins offense they make the playoffs despite the quarterback issues and they have him for the next you know five years the raiders didn't work out for them on the you know for uh, from a team success point but he had one of the best seasons in team history for a wide receiver and he gives them the wide receiver one in the NFL for the next few years. And then uh, for the Eagles, obviously it worked out for them. They made the Super Bowl. AJ Brown was incredible. And then for the Niners, they didn't trade away Debo Samuel. They didn't send him to the Jets like we thought they would. And it worked out for them. They were in the NFC Championship game and possibly could have made the Super Bowl if they had a healthy quarterback. And Debo, despite missing some uh, games late in the season, was was still a great player yep, exactly. for the Niners. So, you know, it worked, it worked out. out. If you have talent, Keep your talent. If you want to get talent, go out and get the talent. Uh, you can worry about the price later and the bill later when it exactly. comes. So that, that's it for our list. We had we did a top five or was it top, top six? six? I mean, <laughs> Off-season yeah. moves. Uh, so what ifs? Uh, well, I guess eight. If you include all Because yeah, these yeah. are all three, but we lumped, we cheated and we lumped them all in together. Um, are there any honorable mentions that you have from the last five years that you think uh, are worthy of, of discussion? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> one for me that came top of mind was D Ford being traded to the Niners. Uh, I thought that was a big impact the year that happened. You know, they had D Ford, they had Nick Bosa, and they just become this, you know, nasty team with this, you know, two outside edge rushers. But then D Ford after that never really plays a game that matters and, so I thought that was a kind of a, a, a one at least worth mentioning. Um, you know, there's 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 a bunch of offseason moves that happen, and then when you look at it at that time, you're like, oh wow, this is a big one. And then down the road, you're like, actually, it wasn't that big. Like Le'Veon Bell signing with the Jets or Allen Robinson signing with the Bears. At that time, you're like, oh wow, you know, that's a big move. But then you know, five years, six years later, you're like, oh, actually, that move didn't mean anything. So there's there's moves like that. Yeah, yeah, that's a. Very typical thing in the NFL. It's it's so crazy how we can make a huge deal about these signings and these trades, and then they end up kind of falling flat. Uh, Allen Robinson, you mentioned him. We can mention him twice because last year, if you remember, he signed with the uh, the Rams, and it was all the talk of, oh, wow, they actually have a great receiver group now with Cup and Robinson, and maybe they bring OBJ back. Uh, and then, of course, you know Allen Robinson flamed out. They don't bring OBJ back. There's a couple other ones. Stephon Gilmore going to the Colts. I think it ultimately the team wasn't good enough for it to make a big difference. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, you mentioned him going to the Jets. He flamed out, didn't do much there. And uh, the other one you mentioned was Trey Flowers signing with the Lions uh, from the Patriots. Again, just it it's hard to see like the larger impact of these, especially the defensive signings, if they're not able to lead to team success you know he was fine with the lions with which is good stefan gilmore was obviously really good with the colts made some big plays for them but ultimately the team didn't go anywhere so where would they have been without signing him probably the same place. exactly yep <laughs> exactly yeah all right so that's it for our show today thank you everyone for tuning in we appreciate you guys make sure to uh follow like and subscribe to our podcast everywhere you get your podcasts uh, make sure to leave us a review five stars if you can uh, also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at 4040VisionPod. Let us know what you think, and let us know if we missed any big off-season moves from the last five years, and let us know what you thought of the what-ifs. So thanks, everyone. Appreciate it. Later. <laughs>